the name Jesus. Amen. Now to him who is able to do more far abundantly than all that we ask or think. I was ordained into the office of the Holy Ministry 11 years ago, and I've served in this congregation for six now. Uh, if you throw in a year of internship, that brings it to an even dozen. And I know that that's not like all that long in the big picture, um, but it's not nothing either. Um, and there's a strange thing. I have not spent one minute of my uh, professional religious career in a congregation that is on solid financial footing. I have not spent one minute in a congregation that isn't worried about things. And so part of me wonders, like, well, maybe that's my fault because I am the common link between all of these things. Maybe I'm the problem with these churches that I've been serving. Like, maybe. And I do worry here and there because this is, after all, how I make a living, like the Bible says I should. And maybe I'm right to worry about these things. Perhaps I should be more worried than I am. But what does Jesus tell us about stuff like this? Well, he shows up at a funeral, and what happens? Jesus does things and says things that are more than what we would ask and more than we could even think are possible. Jesus comes first to this mother, the widow, who is now burying her only son, and he has compassion on her. Compassion, the word literally means just to suffer with someone. Jesus suffers with her. Her grief is his grief, and her sorrow is his sorrow. And Jesus speaks words to this widow that are very dangerous to speak to anyone at a funeral. I do not advise you to say these words. Do not weep. It's kind of a crazy thing uh, to say at a funeral. I have seen this so many times before, though, and uh, it can just absolutely gut someone who is grieving, who is weeping, because first their husband died, and now their child died. Like, what do you expect them to do? Just be happy about this? Well, no, you can grieve about these things. Absolutely. Our message, oftentimes at funerals, is weep away. You can weep here because we do suffer with you. But Jesus comes along and speaks these words because he is the only one who can do anything about the thing that she is weeping about. He says, do not weep because he knows that he can actually reverse the cause of her sorrow. But do you believe this? Do any of us believe this sort of thing is possible anymore? I don't know, because Christian congregations all over the place are worried. They're worried about what? Ah, oh, churches are worried about all sorts of things. They're worried about declining numbers, worried about declining budgets. 
For a long time, we were worried about what to do about millennials, and now we're worried about what to do with the next generation. We're worried about finances that are just an absolute train wreck. Sometimes buildings are literally falling apart. And then there's legislation that we just anticipate is coming. And certainly there is coming persecution. The list of things that you can worry about just goes on and on and on. And I could probably make a longer one than you can. But I ask you this, though. I mean, do you have enough today, like right now? How are you doing today? If you are here, then I think you're pretty good. If you are here, I might even declare that you are perfect. You look great. You're perfect. You have not a care in the world. You have nothing to worry about. I have nothing but good things to say to you who are here today. Out there, I don't know. It's kind of all up for grabs out there. I have no clue. But here, here, you should look outside and check with the birds of the air and the lilies of the field and see how they're doing and remember that you are worth more than they are and that your father cares for you more than he cares for them because he has not baptized flowers and he's not baptized birds either, but he has placed his name on you in water and with word. And you are marked with the Lord's very name. And so what do you have that you could be worrying for you? Well, right now, nothing, nothing at all. That is how it's going to be for all those who dwell in the house of the Lord. So not only does Jesus speak this foolish word to the widow, but then Jesus also speaks to the dead son, the only begotten of the widow. Now, I've seen this happen too at funerals. Before the casket is closed, I've seen children gather around their mother and actually say to her, I love you, and, and proclaim how much they love her. And I've seen parents tell their children that they love them before you close the casket. And you've said these things too. And I know that you have. Sometimes you say them silently. Sometimes you say them out loud. And sometimes you cannot even bear to look at them. I think I was 12 years old or so. And uh, I was walking through the narthex at my church. I don't remember why I was there, but... Uh, it was during the middle of the week, and my pastor was out in the narthex with someone who had just been delivered from the funeral home. And I didn't even want to really look at the person. I didn't know who it was. I grew up in a gigantic church, and so you didn't know who everyone was. Um, you don't need to go to a huge church. Uh, people might not know who you are when you die, if that happens. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I knew what it was, though, there in the casket there in the narthex with the lid open. I knew what that was. And I didn't want anything to do with that person. That was weird. I'm going to stay away. But Jesus, though. Jesus. Jesus walks through the crowd and goes up and touches the coffin. 
and speaks. Jesus speaks to this woman and he speaks to the son. He doesn't talk to anyone else at all. I love how few words Jesus has in this whole entire episode. And what they say about him at the end is even more than what he has said during the whole entire thing. Sometimes Jesus sits and teaches and kind of goes on and on and on, right? But sometimes he utters only a few words. Do not weep. Young man, I say to you, arise. I forgive you all your sins. Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Go in peace. But it's not just congregations that are worried either. The church in general is in an absolute panic. We see the leftists go further left and the righties go further right. And the church just tries to mimic the world and try to appeal to whatever demographic we think belongs to us. So if the people like queer bishops and abortion, well, then give them that. And if the people want patriarchy and traditional values, give them that. It's all misguided. If the church has been chasing after the world's values on their terms, it is no wonder that the world has said, ah, we don't really care about you. We'll do our own thing. Whose words are we hearing? Who are we listening to? Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the words of Jesus that comfort the sorrowing? Are you listening to the words of Jesus that, that raise the dead? Are you listening to the words of Jesus that forgive you all of your sins? Are you listening to the words of Jesus that will raise you from the dead too? Or would you like to listen to a world who tells you that you're never enough, not the right kind, and never will be enough? Or are you listening to the words of a God who says, you are mine, and I will do absolutely anything for you, and I will never leave you? You either believe these things or you don't. And we kind of all think that we're the exception to these things. I mean, yeah, we know Jesus tells us not to worry, but does he know really about my particular problem? I mean, my kid has this, and my dad has this, and my church has these problems. Does he really know about these things? It's like we think, oh, well, no one else should worry, but I'm the one who's given a special exception to worry, huh? We think there's a bunch of stuff that Jesus didn't know about. Again, you either believe this stuff or you don't. So why does the Lord really insist that you not worry? Why? Well, because he who says these things, he himself is raised from the dead. And he will raise you from the dead as well. He will speak to you. And this is all so much more than we thought we could even ask of him or that he ever knew we even needed. But he does. 
where he comes to these people in their sorrow and their grief and speaks, do not weep. Young man, I say to you, arise. And he speaks to you today, and you should listen. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.